guys, Drew here. I am live from my closet in Savannah, Georgia. Just wanted to pop in at the top of the episode to say thanks for listening, as well as to let y'all know that this episode was recorded on October 9th, 2021. It's taken so long to get this released because we wanted to make sure everything was just right before we put it out to the world. Um, But that being said, we're definitely still learning how this whole podcasting thing works, so bear with us if the audio quality isn't you know, quite yet up to up to par with what you're used to. We're going to be experimenting with different audio setups throughout the next few episodes, um, but we should have everything set up the way we want it soon. I also wanted to go ahead and plug a few things since we forgot to do so during the actual recording. So first, our Instagram is at olifonts underscore mc. That's O-L-I-P-H-A-U-N-T-S underscore M-C. Our email is olifontsmotorclub at gmail.com. Our YouTube is olifontsmotorcycleclub. My Twitter is at drewfelt, that's D-R-E-W-F-E-L-T. And Matthew's Twitter is at mute underscore Matthew. That's M-U-T-E underscore M-A-T-T-H-E-W. Finally, We know that some people prefer to have the podcast in an audio and video format. So if you want to watch me play Minecraft while you listen to the episode, check out our YouTube channel for that. Again, that YouTube channel is Oliphant's Motorcycle Club, and the link to that and all of the other plugs will be in the show notes for this episode. I think that's everything, so without further ado, let's get on with the show. Welcome to Oliphant's Motorcycle Club, a podcast where we read through the Lord of the Rings books and uh, come together to discuss what we think is interesting, what we think is funny, and also just to kind of talk about whatever the hell, um, because this is not an academic podcast. This is a jokes podcast. Um, I'm one of your hosts, Matthew. Um, with me, as always, is my good friend and co-host, Drew. How you doing, Drew? Pretty good. Uh, yeah, I'm really excited to get this going. You know, um, it's been, I've, to be perfectly honest, I've never read these books all the way through. And so it'll be just nice to, you know, really get my hands in it and uh, just finally finish these books. <laughs> yeah. Um, so for the people listening at home, you might be wondering why two random guys just decided to start a podcast about Lord of the Rings when. A, there's probably a million podcasts about Lord of the Rings. Um, and B, I mean, you know, there's been a million conversation books about them. I mean, there's movies, there's extended universe stuff for everything that Tolkien has worked on. Yeah, we're we're not going to be, you know, uh, unearthing any new uh, opinions or thoughts about Lord of the Rings, really. Uh, anything profound that is uh, about the works of Tolkien but you know it's something that we uh, I think we agree that we definitely enjoy talking about it and I think that some good conversations can come come from us reading this book together yeah and I and I referenced it earlier but like we are not trying to look necessarily if it comes up in our discussions we might talk about things like themes of the book or you know, stuff related to the the overall message and content. Mm-hmm. But this is exclusively 
just an excuse for two good friends who have known each other for a very long time and now live about four hours away from one another uh, <laughs> to have a have an excuse to get together and do have something shared between friends. So, um, yeah, aw, getting a little sappy. <laughs> um, so before we talk about what the show's format is going to be and what all we're going to cover, um, why don't we talk a little bit about how Lord of the Rings and just like the Hobbit and everything that Tolkien has made has kind of like um, been a part of our lives up to this point. Yeah. Um, I mean, uh, so I grew up watching the movies and stuff like that. My family, uh, Matthew, you've attended uh, since probably like eighth grade or so. Uh, my family has always done a yearly marathon of the movies. Um, and, you know, it's definitely my dad read the books and really liked them. My sister read the books um as well i just i guess didn't have the attention span when i was younger <laughs> to really sit down and read um all of the you know long descriptions and stuff like that that uh tolkien uh put into his works but now i think at my 22 years of age almost 23 years i think i'm finally ready to really tackle it oh yeah you, um you finally but, uh crested that mountaintop <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah and so like i don't know i i but Despite never having read them, I was always just completely enchanted, by, like so many people, by yeah. the the imagination that it was took. And really, like, it, I mean, it, it's basically like the cornerstone for the entire modern fantasy genre and stuff yeah. like that. And I just have so much respect for that, that, you know, seemed natural that I would at some point do something like this. Yeah, and, and folks, he'll be modest about it, but Drew is actively writing his own fictional oh. universe so i mean this is also a little bit of an exercise in seeing i i, I assume at least for yeah. you like seeing yeah, a really you know, good example in depth yeah yeah um yeah. And, oh and i will say just in case you want to you know so this is a read-along podcast and so if you want to do reading along with us um we didn't want to like blindside you first day first day of school you didn't do the readings um and stuff like that so we did um if you want to pause right now we did read just the prologue um to talk about during this episode of fellowship of the ring just the prologue so if you want to add some I, we're gonna talk about other stuff for a little bit before then but uh just a heads up if you want to do that um so that you can keep up with what we're talking about it with it fresh in your mind Feel free to do that, and we'll we'll make every, make sure we put out what each episode, each subsequent episode, uh, what part of the book that'll be about. Yeah, we're waiting. Pause it and read it. Do it. <laughs> um, but kind of going back to the impetus for the show, um, and related to you being really interested in fantasy story construction, mm-hmm. I would say a common thread for both of us, not just in these properties, but across a lot of different stories and movies and books is just how much we love lore. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. As I've gotten older, I've appreciated a lot of the, like the thematic elements of stories a lot more, Mm -hmm. but there's just something about, I mean, having multiple languages that you've created weaved into a narrative, like that is just incredibly impressive to me. A mythos of its own. That's like, you know, I'm sure that there's some, like, I don't know exactly what the Lord of the Rings wiki 
is called, but I'm sure it's basically as in depth as like Wikipedia is in terms of the level of detail that some pages have. I think it might be called uh, Wookie Wiki, probably. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. When did the I was surprised there were no Wookies in this yet? <laughs> well, we just uh, read through the prologue. Drew. Yeah, they're, they're coming. They might even be in a. The two towers, we don't know yet. <laughs> Concerning Wookiees. <laughs> <laughs> a picture of Dorian Wookiee. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. You can probably tell how much we like the lore from how much we're about to um, just go <laughs> off the rails constantly. Um, but we're hoping that's what you come to the show for. Uh, we're going to sound like we're being serious a lot of the times because we do care about these stories. Yeah, we, were, we were good students, and, you know, yeah. it's, it's in our nature. We only very recently finished college, so... <laughs> yeah, but what is really fun for us and what we hope is fun for you is us just, like, being boneheads when we read these <laughs> and looking for jokes to make. Um because in my experience, that's way more fun to listen to than two knuckleheads who are dry as hell. So we'll, yeah. we're still getting our uh, our our footing because we've never we hey always yeah. uh, the podcastee, never the podcaster. Am I right? <laughs> um, we we both listen to a ton of different shows, but yeah, we this is our first time trying our hand at anything related to yeah show construction, audio engineering. It's yeah. it's gonna it's gonna take a little bit before we get really tight with it. So. Right. Yeah, and we just spent several hours doing a lot of the technical stuff, oh, and so hopefully everything is where it should be, but, you know, bear with us if first couple of episodes are kind of an ugly duckling. Yeah, you know, by uh, by our 25th anniversary of the show, <laughs> we'll hopefully be a little bit better at it, so yeah. <laughs> if you if you can stick around with us till then, um, we, hey, maybe uh, we'll get you a reduced subscription to our Patreon yeah. that we'll have in probably six months. Yeah. <laughs> Our thousand dollar tier three will be nine hundred and ninety nine dollars for you. <laughs> yes, because you you warm our hearts so. <laughs> um, well, we've touched on it a little bit, but why don't we kind of run through what most episodes will look like? Yeah. So, um, so full disclosure, we mentioned earlier that we live uh, like about. 200 miles apart currently i live in savannah georgia matthew lives in athens georgia um so that's basically opposite ends of the state and so we're gonna uh luckily i have family in athens and so i'll be coming up here fairly frequently as is but um schedule's gonna at least for recording is probably gonna look like we're gonna record two ish episodes per recording session and it'll be every two or so weeks as well um, so hopefully, uh, we haven't really talked about releasing, but we're, I think we're both in agreement that it'll probably be about weekly that it's released. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and for each episode, it should be, uh, about two chapters per episode. We, as the show evolves, we might decide that it, um, works better if we do three chapters per episode or maybe only one chapter per episode. You know, we don't have a due date by when we need to have the books read by. Because, <laughs> hey, some of us are graduate students, and, hey, 60 pages is hard enough <laughs> when it's, you know, assigned for a grade. Yeah. Uh, when it's just for fun, it can kind of suck the fun out of it. But <laughs> um, the other part of that that Drew just brought up is that this isn't necessarily going to be talking about current events or anything. So yeah, don't feel like you have to keep up with weekly releases because this is... Yeah, you know, progress in the story-based uh, episode releases rather than um, 
related to anything going on at the moment. So, yeah. You know, beyond that, we're hoping to touch on all three books, probably watch the movies either after we get through all three books or maybe in sequence after mm-hmm. each book and do a comparison between the books and the movies just because I, I get the sense that a lot of people have seen the movies, mm-hmm. extended or um, theatrical release versions. Yeah. Um, and a lot of people have read the books, but fewer even than right. have experience with the movie. So we do want to throw that in there for those of you who maybe are coming to the Lord of the Rings from a more informal place. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah, we want to make it clear that, you know, even though we do have um, our own personal experiences going back through childhood with these uh, stories in the world of Tolkien in general, um, it's, you know, if you've never read it and you're looking for like, because, you know, with any big, um, for lack of a better term, fandom, uh, there's anything big like Lord of the Rings or Star Wars or anything like that. There's a humongous amount of like gatekeeping for like who's the real fans and stuff like that. And it can be intimidating, I think, to like, you know, really see if you if it's something for you when, you know, there's so much about like you can only really enjoy it if you dedicate your entire life to enjoying it. And, you know, hopefully this isn't doesn't become anything like that. Yeah. Uh, so if you're interested in dipping your toes in the water of Lord of the Rings um, and want a couple of dummies to tell you <laughs> about it first, this this yeah. this was this will be the podcast for you, my friend. Yeah, and you're of course welcome to read along with us, and um, you know that we're obviously laying out the episode schedules in such a way that you can read along with us. But you know, don't feel like you have to either to enjoy it. Hopefully, you know we're going to be trying to lay down what happened in each chapter every episode and so you should be able to follow along more or less with the story just from the information that we provide even if it isn't you know what Tolkien wrote down you should at least like the story beat should be there hopefully yeah and so you know however you want to enjoy this podcast is you know that balls in your court for that <laughs> And um, we we want to make it very clear: this is not just Lord of the Rings talk. Mm-hmm. We we're going to be catching up with one another on the pod. We're going to yeah. be going down to any number of rabbit holes. Um, yeah, I would love to talk about music and mm-hmm. stuff that's going on in our lives and all kinds of stuff. Um, just so that there's a little bit of a Hey, hey, we kind of mix it up a little bit, you know? <laughs> Keep it fresh for the people. Yeah. But there will be whole bonus episodes, I I am positive, yeah. where we just are devoted to single topics. Right. Um, yeah, and so there might be a random episode that's either released in the same, instead of a Lord of the Rings episode that comes about, uh, like, as that week's episode that could be about something completely random that is unrelated. Um, we'll try to, I guess, let y'all know that type of stuff ahead of time um, so that, you know, you don't get ahead in the reading if you don't want to or anything like that. But, uh, yeah, and it could also be that we decide to release two episodes in one week or something. Just sort of depends. Yeah, and um, 
playing it loosey goosey. Just a just a preview for the people. It'd be like Jim Croce or Red Hot Chili Peppers <laughs> or The Far Side or, or Kombucha or Kombucha um, or Power Rankings of Athens versus Savannah. <laughs> hey, we we got stuff coming down the pipeline for you. Yeah. So, so don't yeah. you worry. And we'll have guests. Yeah. We both uh, believe it or not have girlfriends <laughs> um, who also listen to podcasts. Yeah. And I think they might just say that to spare our feelings. <laughs> yeah, could be. Um, and yeah, we have. Um, we have other friends too that I think would be into it, either to talk about Lord of the Rings or to talk about anything else. You know, we're definitely open to suggestions as well as far as you know, making it a more fun listening experience. Well, I think that just about covers what we're doing and why we're doing it. Uh, do you want to go ahead and jump into a discussion of the prologue? Yeah, sure. Um, is there? I know. So, full disclosure: probably every time that we're uh, talking about the readings, Matthew's going to have better notes than me. <laughs> um, hey, I've so got... Matthew, do you have anything from the very beginning? Oh, actually, I do have something I wanted to say. Um, so, I really talking about the the how much we appreciate you know world building and lore and stuff like that. And Tolkien was also clearly very into that kind of stuff and i like that you can definitely so you can definitely see his academic perspective in how the prologue is written because each chapter is titled or each section of the prologue is titled in a way that it it feels like a uh like academic journal um that was written in during the time period that Tolkien would have been writing academic, real academic journals as the like head of the English department in Cambridge or yeah. Oxford or wherever he worked. One of those silly ass English places. Yeah, who we knows? Don't know. <laughs> um, well, I want to back up real quick. I did take a couple of notes on the forward to the book. Oh, right. Um, I didn't read that. So, oh yeah, well, <laughs> some of us do the complete reading and uh, answer in class, and some of us don't. It seems. <laughs> no. Um, well, d- the very first thing you encounter is something that even if you've never read the books or seen the movies, you've probably at least heard the one ring to rule them all spiel. <laughs> and I'm just saying, hey, hey, count the rings, Yankees. They got 27 of them. <laughs> you know how many were created for the races of men, elves, and dwarves? Only like 20. <laughs> so, you know, they're at least somewhere between Tom Brady and the New York Yankees, but um, <laughs> we need to get some more rings in here, yeah. man. Yeah. Why Why didn't they just make another ring of power? <laughs> Anyways. Um, so the forward to the book is kind of interesting because, you know, talking about that academic perspective, it's just Tolkien talking self-referentially about the reception to the book, which mm-hmm. I thought was kind of interesting as a prelude to actually encountering it. Mm -hmm. So, Drew, how familiar are you with a lot of the criticisms of The Lord of the Rings or Tolkien in general? Uh, Not particularly familiar with it. I don't know much about his personal life, honestly. I know that he fought in World War I. Maybe. I don't don't know. (laughs) And Yeah. (laughs) He certainly lived through it. Hey, we're... I know that he was a soldier, Um, And I know that he was friends with C.S. Lewis, and I know that they, I think, got in some spirited debates at points about, like, their approach to... Because they were both, like, I think, pretty Christian and obviously interested in 
fantasy writing. Yeah. Um, and I think that they had different philosophical approaches to merging those two things. Yeah. Um, I want to be very upfront that to the extent that either Tolkien or the Lord of the Rings books are problematic, this is not an endorsement of them. This is just our appreciation of them. And we'll talk, we'll, we we don't want to shy away from the critical parts, but this is mostly for fun. So like, mm-hmm. we're also not trying to be downers about anything. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like he, I think the biggest thing that came to mind that I've read about separately from this is that people hated these books when they came out. Oh, really? Not because of the messaging or anything like that. They just thought it was poorly written, like long-winded. <laughs> I mean, I, I feel like a lot of people that I've talked to that have read the books complain about them being very long and drawn mm-hmm. out. And we'll get into that when we talk about the prologue because there's some pretty infamous sections in there. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, like, matter of fact, C.S. Lewis was one of, like, his biggest proponents for getting a Nobel Prize for, for literature mm-hmm. related to writing the books. But people slammed his writing like pretty much universally and it's only been in the last i mean the latter half of the 20th century and Mm -hmm. the 21st century yeah that it's really gotten appreciated at the anywhere near the level that it is today Mm -hmm. so i just think that's interesting but um some of the more common criticisms or like knocks on the book or that it's like clearly just an allegory for in particular world war ii Mm -hmm. um which is interesting because he actually points out in the Ford, and I made a note of this, he was writing almost all of this before World War II even happened. And so, like, <laughs> he, he says, like, if there are things that are, like, incidentally related to real life, it's kind of like the disclaimer in movies, right, where it's, yeah. like, like any uh, uh, similarities to real life are purely coincidental. It's, like, that's <laughs> kind of the one of his points, but also... <laughs> Old man Tolkien, just trying not to get sued. Yeah, <laughs> Well, he says, like, he, he puts very earnestly, and I'm tempted to believe him as someone who wants to be really good at creative writing but struggles, especially with um, fictional creative writing. Mm-hmm. He just said he wanted to do an exercise in writing a really long, really in-depth fantasy story. Mm-hmm. And I think that whether in principle or in practice is kind of our approach to these books. Mm-hmm. It's an appreciation for them as an epic, really, mm-hmm. rather than like an endorsement of the themes that are examined to the extent that they are, mm-hmm. um, or just like being super fans of particular characters or anything. Mm-hmm. I, regardless of in practice whether there are problematic elements to this, I really just like them as an exploration of how well-crafted something can be and it seems like yeah yeah he could be misrepresenting himself but it seems like that's earnestly what he's trying to accomplish with Mm this um but he also uh made this dig that if they were supposed to be an allegory to world war one or two that both sides would have just tried to make new rings of power and then (laughs) subjugate people so i think at least socio-politically, <laughs> he might be a little more woke than he gets credit for. I feel like the common criticism is that some of the character designs are racist, which yeah. we can get into yeah. when we get to, especially like the orcs, I think are the one that are most commonly oh, really? criticized. I've I've heard some criticisms about like the dwarves being 
sort of like caricatures of Jewish people. Mm. Um, I haven't looked into that a whole lot. So like I, um, I definitely would like to do more looking into that, I guess. Yeah. And to be clear, we, we are not cool with that, but yeah, I, I, I want to really criticizing, but these books are definitely multifaceted in a way that it can be criticized for some things and praised for others. Yeah, exactly. And I think at the end of the day, like we said repeatedly, like, we're more interested in a nuanced conversation about what's there on the page than we are mm-hmm. about praising or shaming. Like yeah. this is, it's as a result at times is going to be kind of surface level, but I think, I don't think that's a bad thing. Yeah. Um, so that's pretty much everything from the Ford. Um, mm-hmm. Let's get into the prologue. Nice. Um, yeah. So section one of the prologue is uh, concerning hobbits. Um you know, opening my book, sorry for those who hate the sounds of pages. <laughs> I don't know. We could go into like an ASMR thing, kind of whisper, page rustling. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and so this one was definitely where it felt the most like I'm reading a passage from my old English class. <laughs> um gotta study up on these hobbits yeah because it's just about like the like anthropology of hobbits and stuff like yeah that. did you notice that i mean like it's unavoidable that he has to bring up in the context of the lord of the rings universe that the events of the hobbit took place and have been recorded mm-hmm. but this man is just shilling bilbo's book he's more like an advertiser than a yeah. like a anthropologist of middle earth man yeah well it's interesting because i um am not the person to explain this in the best way but from what i understand the all of these books are meant to be they're sort of almost like found footage um <laughs> it's like blair witch trial yeah or, <laughs> fuck that's not what it's called or, we'll believe that <laughs> um Yeah, it's uh, basically like found footage for the, or I guess it's it's like akin to discovering a book that was written in the Middle Ages for uh, and like just publishing it, um, where basically Bilbo and then later Frodo and Sam um, are like the sort of authors or collaborators for this account of uh, the War of the Ring and then the the events of the the hobbit as well um and so from tolkien's perspective he was because he was you know very famously a linguist and so they were writing in the language that hobbits would have actually spoken in this world um which is i believe it's called western hey man you're gonna know better than me (laughs) this man is linguistics through and through um and so he his role is not so much to uh like write he isn't necessarily the author of the story as much as he is the translator mm. um and so there are certain names that have been changed so that they uh have a more semantically accurate meaning in english um and that that like they were translate so i i think that mary for example, is a, a good example where Mariadoc is like a, a Welsh name or something like that. Um, 
that's like it's it's a pretty obscure name even in circles right. where it might come up um and i have no idea what mary's name is in western but it's got a similar sort of thing where you wouldn't normally hear it um but then it can also be abbreviated to mean um happy in the common language mm. you know and so mary is a a uh abbreviate wait abbreviation shortening shortening yeah a shortening it's a nickname for mary <laughs> what's the word and mary means happy and so it's like there's that similar process is happening for a completely different set of sounds that would be a name in western yeah and i think kind of on that point you know specifically about tolkien's reproduction of it like it is at some level sort of a frame narrative mm-hmm. um in in that respect in that it's implied to at least be faithful to Bilbo and Frodo's collective account mm-hmm. of the events of, like, the war over, like, the wars in this universe mm-hmm. um, and their journeys. But I think that can partially account for some of the, like, biases that might be mm-hmm. showing up as, like, are they Tolkien's or not? Who knows? But I think the reader that's committed to suspension of disbelief. Yeah, there's can, a plausible deniability. Yeah, and again, that's not to defend... There's an unreliable narrator. Yeah, it, it is like hobbits are the ones that are recording this. They are very likely as pretty suspicious people, I would say, <laughs> like among um, you know, all the, the different races in The Lord of the Rings. They definitely are on the conservative side in many respects, or at least the isolationist side. Um, mm-hmm. which we'll get into heavily in our d- discussions of hobbits, but you can take with a grain of salt some of their interpretations of things, I would say. So mm-hmm. that that might be something to kind of keep in mind as we're going through the plot and the characters. You know, there there's still dialogue present in the book, so it is right. from this almost like, when you're reading it, it feels like third person, like omniscient, yeah. basically. Yeah. But it's... You can almost believe that the author was reproducing these conversations, right? So, there there is, there are some definite, like weird considerations to mm-hmm. bring into like how you approach. Yeah, and this it's book. also if you are supposed to, if you do want to n- do as little suspending of your disbelief as possible, you can sort of think like. The concerning hobbits section of the prologue explicitly says, for the most part, that hobbits aren't typically concerned with any sort of history or record keeping mm. aside from genealogy. Yeah. And so, like, with that in mind, it's basically Bilbo and then later Frodo and Sam sort of inventing their own hobbit specific version of that history yeah. telling. And especially if history, like, if it, if it's, largely just inspired by like an earlier oral tradition or something like that i could see that taking on a like their historical text just looking a lot like prose you know um and so like that's just one way you could look at it i guess but let's let's get into these hobbits yeah um are they concerning should we be concerned about them let's find out (laughs) (laughs) um so for some reason, I underlined that they um, 
seldom wore shoes since their feet had tough leathery soles and were clad in a thick curling hair much like the hair of their heads which was commonly brown I don't know why I felt the need to to take note of that. That's obviously something I knew about hobbits. Yeah, they got they got some hairy MF and feet, yeah. man. Yeah, yeah, they need the curly girl method for their feet. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Um, um, Drew, if it if it makes you feel better, I also recorded something about this. Um, <laughs> mine was just their, their feet are so leathery and hairy that they don't wear shoes. Does that mean there's no hobbit sneaker heads? Yeah, probably. They're not waiting on the new uh the new uh Supreme collab. <laughs> this this is severely disappointing to me yeah. that hobbits don't have massive shoe collections. <laughs> I'm gonna have a hard time rooting for these guys. I know. No hype beasts in the Shire. This is <laughs> They do they there might be some boot heads. I think that they said oh. that some of them wear boots when it's raining. Okay. Well But you know. I just can't imagine those being crafted for aesthetic purposes yeah i could be wrong though yeah I, we're, we're gonna need to call up uh jrr himself and uh get an opinion yeah. on what's he up to these days yeah <laughs> oh goodness um but yeah if you are unaware of what hobbits look like um it so i think we're both gonna probably assume to a degree that like uh they're Anybody listening has some background knowledge related to Lord of the Rings, but we're still going to try as much as possible. So forgive us if it seems like we're spoon-feeding some information to people. You um, love this slop, don't you? <laughs> you just eat it up, man. <laughs> um, But, yeah, so hobbits, they are they just kind of look like guys for the most part, and gals. <laughs> um, But they, have, they don't guys. wear shoes. They have hairy feet and big feet, and they're short. And that's pretty much it. Yeah. They wear overalls. That's pretty cool. sometimes straw hats. Hey. Did uh, you also get the sense, these hobbits, they sound Midwestern as hell. <laughs> Do they not? Um, I, I'm, kind of, I'm kind of talking out of school here because I've never been to the Midwest. <laughs> they sound, in terms of their, like, relative, like, cultural conservatism mixed with, like, Really liking to drink, <laughs> yeah, but just, but I bet, just I bet beer. they have a healthy appreciation of dairy. Uh, yeah, I would say so. <laughs> um, the only difference is like with all their houses built in the side of the hills, like it's a little less flat than the Midwest. So I'll, yeah. I'll forgive them for any yeah. uh differences in practice, but yeah, I was definitely struck by uh, I wouldn't necessarily want to <laughs> hang out with most of these guys. <laughs> I, I think I could take very well to the Hobbit lifestyle. I don't, I don't know, man. The the living in Hobbit holes, that is that is a goaded move. Yeah. Would you not take the opportunity, like instantaneously, to live in like especially a nice Hobbit hole? Yeah. Yeah, I was. I didn't. I don't think I had really realized until my reading of this, and this might be more in chapter one than it is uh, in the prologue, but. Just talking about how, like, the holes are really only, like, the super wealthy, uh, relatively speaking, hobbits, and then the super poor ones that live in holes still. Yeah. A lot and, of them have freestanding structures. Isn't that yeah. bonkers? It's kind of a letdown, honestly. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I guess like... there's only so many hills. And, you know, if you if your population grows more than the your hills grow, you got to do truly, something else. But, truly. You know. Now, you can bring in the hobbit uh, army of... Uh, core of uh engineers <laughs> and they can uh probably 
bust in some sand and build some new, <laughs> some new hills to tunnel into. But uh, barring <laughs> that, yeah, they're, they're kind of just normal people, but short with hairy feet. Yeah. Um, Prologue also mentions that there are three somewhat different breeds of hobbits, the Harfoots, Stores, and Fallowhides. Um, the Stores, I so I, I wrote a note about them. It says river folk question mark. Mm. So and then it does later on mention when we get a little bit of Gollum's backstory that um, they're like kind the river river folk, which is what Gollum, are like Was. I guess still is. But <laughs> or spoiler alert, <laughs> not anymore. But um, he's looking busted instead. But we'll get into that. <laughs> My Gollum heads know what I'm talking about. Um. But, yeah, so the stores, they live um, by the banks of the great river Anduin, um, and they were less shy of men. Did you say Andui? <laughs> yeah. These hobbits are Cajun? <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, and then the Harfoots, they live pretty close to the dwarves, I think is their main thing, and so they're, I guess, a little bit more dwarf-like hobbits as opposed to... So I guess the Fallowhides are sort of the main ones that we think of yeah. as hobbits. I definitely related to the description of the multiple kind of, like, subcategories of hobbit. Mm-hmm. That is just totally glossed over in the movies. Yeah. I mean, it kind of has to be for time's sake, but... yeah. It was interesting to read about. I could have handed it out in like a pamphlet in the theater. I know, <laughs> I know. We need to. Hey, I'll have a. I'll have some of my underlings get on that for uh, <laughs> any of our devoted listeners. Uh, so write in uh, seven ninety nine <laughs> plus shipping and handling if you would like your guide to the sub races of hobbits. <laughs> um, no, but I was. I um. That was not so striking as much as the description of ha- what proximity the hobbits are to like non hobbits, especially mm-hmm. dwarves. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like they've always been framed in any kind of Lord of the Rings related property as off in the middle of nowhere by themselves. Yeah. No interaction with the outside world. Yeah. When in reality, there's tons of trading that they're doing with humans yeah. and dwarves. Yeah, I found- and elves even maybe less so the elves yeah. but like the, when when we get into discussions of like the looming threat to middle earth it's clear that they're getting updates that's the main thing yeah. is that it's not so much ge- geographic isolation is that they were just totally unknowledgeable of or unconcerned with the outside world and i do think there's a resistance but these hobbits are a lot smarter than I think they're painted to be mm-hmm. in the movies. Um, yeah. Um, oh, I did like... So it talked about how uh, some of the hobbits a long time ago uh, crossed the Brown River Baranduin, um, which was like the elfish, elvish name uh, for this particular river. And then it talked about later um, that these... That years later... Um, they, oh, also, they use the word reckoning a lot. Have you, did you notice that? I, I, I don't use the word reckon some... enough. I don't think I ever think of it as a word meaning remember. They um they did some 
they committed some atrocities that uh, <laughs> conveniently got left out. Uh, Tolkien is actually running interference for hobbits. Yeah, it's not really a remembrance. It's just a reckoning. Yeah, that he's a um, he's sugarcoating our history. We'll put it that way. <laughs> um. But the year that they crossed it, it says, Thus began the Shire Reckoning for the year of the crossing of the Brandywine, as the Hobbits turned the name, became year one of the Shire. Mm-hmm. And so I really like, like, that was, that really scratched something in my linguist brain of, like, this guy understands how, uh, like, topography or topographical names can be changed based on, like, yeah. folk etymologies and stuff like that. Because it's like, Baranduin is, uh, I like I said, it's Elvish, um, but you know these shires, they don't, or <laughs> these hobbits, they don't speak Elvish. These dang so, shires. Yeah, these shires. <laughs> He's a man. Um, the and they were like, "Well, what does that sound like? Brandywine, whatever the <laughs> hell that is." <laughs> um, so yeah, that just made me happy. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was interesting. There's kind of it almost sounds like the hobbits have like a functional history by virtue of the lack of recorded mm-hmm. Hobbit history for one reason or another. So there's almost like a Hobbit diaspora. It's kind of mm-hmm. weird. <laughs> um, but, hey, the ones we know and love, they're in the Shire, man. <laughs> the The background about oh, the other yeah. kinds of Hobbits is interesting, yeah. but, hey, give me that Shire Hobbit info. I don't want a dwarf Hobbit. Yeah. Come, Come on. on. <laughs> Piss or get off the pot. <laughs> Well, did you have any other thoughts about concerning hobbits? Because otherwise, we got to get into the most important element <laughs> of the prologue by a country mile. <laughs> uh, I think that's all I had to say concerning hobbits. Hey, well, if if you take nothing else away, these hobbits, you know what they like? They like genealogy. And what's that other word, Drew? What do they like? Pipeweedology. That's right. <laughs> Concerning pipe weed. These yeah. these hobbits, they're low key dank. <laughs> I, I think we can say that. Yeah. I mean, so it says uh that it their pipe weed or leaf as they call it is a variety probably of nicotiana, which I assume is more related to tobacco, like nicotine. Shh, don't tell the but, people. But you know, I've definitely it definitely seems like, especially in the movies that the there was some there was an effort by somebody possibly peter jackson himself to make it not necessarily resemble nicotiana <laughs> yeah i think he might be referencing different anna yeah and one of those annas <laughs> um so there's a couple of different uh varieties or strains as i'll call them there's a I mean, the one that sticks out to me is Old Toby. Yeah. Longbottom leaf is, uh, that sounds pretty good. Hey, smoking that uh, Longbottom leaf pack, man. <laughs> That's what they have in uh, the second one in the movie, right? Yeah. That's what they find. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Southern Star sounds like the what the racist hobbits probably smoke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, give me, a, give me a couple of pal males and some Southern Star. <laughs> Can you imagine hobbits? Dipping. Oh man, they'd love it. Old Toby just packing a fat lip. <laughs> Skull more like Skull Toby. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> oh goodness. Yeah, I I had never because Longbottom Leaf and Old Toby are both directly referenced in the movies. I'd never heard of Southern Star. Yeah. But 
That's definitely the one that seems like it'd be the easiest to market to uh, try and get teenager mm-hmm. teenage hobbits addicted to uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. to pipe weed. Yeah, they were definitely the one to do in the most like subliminal advertising and stuff like that. For sure. But yeah, I mean, there's really not. Did you also? Okay, so I made the comment earlier that some people find just the Lord of the Rings in general, really anything that Tolkien writes insufferably long-winded mm-hmm. so i i don't know if i mentioned it earlier i read the hobbit as a kid mm-hmm. i think like fourth or fifth grade because i mean it really is meant more so for for children like mm-hmm. i think it that was the intention so it definitely goes down a little bit smoother mm-hmm. um but i took my first crack at the fellowship um is it the fellowship of the rings yeah, the book I, we're reading. <laughs> I cannot believe I blanked on the title. Sorry, people. You can come and disbar me. That's my bad. Um, I took my first crack at fellowship in ninth grade, and I distinctly remember the section on pipe weed mm-hmm. lasting for 55 pages. <laughs> it is, I think, all told three quarters of a page. Mm-hmm. It is insane what our brains remember. Like, I I think I did not go into it. I think I went into it with, a like, a moderate level of familiarity of, like, the aesthetics of the movies. And so Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, this is going to be awesome. Yeah. And then when it was somewhat nonfiction. It's going to be, like, those fast-paced Lord of the Rings movies. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Especially, hey, time flies when you're watching (laughs) 11-plus hours in one sitting, man. Just eating cheese. (laughs) But, um... I was struck by how much easier this was to read as an older person. I say older. We're we're mm-hmm. both about to turn 23. <laughs> um we're so much wiser. <laughs> but but I think I do have a lot more patience for mm-hmm. the world building like yeah. we were talking about. And especially like having just finished undergrad at UGA, like I had to read a lot of actual like journal articles and stuff like that and it's like even though this is written in almost the exact same style it's at least like not about like the usage of aspiration in like the p sound of like some random (laughs) slavic language yeah and um for those of you who are curious i've for for years at this point read like three to seven academic journal <laughs> articles per week. Mm-hmm. Um, so reading for pleasure at all is is a godsend by comparison. So I will forgive uh, Tolkien his trespasses on this yeah. point. Yeah, but for those who are against uh, any sort of long-windedness, uh, like as those who would tend to uh, criticize Tolkien for being long-winded... Um, I will say this is probably the worst way you could start reading. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, I think my appreciation for his work is totally divorced from my appreciation of his um PR priorities. Like <laughs> yeah, most people are not going to want to start off with like like you said, like basically an academic treatment mm-hmm. of a fictional world. Like, hey man, 
You ever read one of those nonfiction books where it's got like the the color picture insert in the middle? <laughs> Put some of that in there. Yeah. What are we doing? Yeah. What are we doing? And I will say, for those of you who want to stick around but maybe are turned off by how in-depth this is, mm-hmm. the minute we get into the book, the plot picks up so much yeah. more quickly. Yeah. Like there's actual dialogue and things. Yeah. <laughs> Believe it or not, yeah. it's not just about genealogy and... <laughs> um, trade roots <laughs> nicotine varietals in the in middle <laughs> earth <laughs> um but yeah it's you i mean honestly like if you if it if that was such a big turnoff i feel like you could probably skip this part and come oh, back yeah. to it at a later date and it wouldn't be that big of an issue you just like don't tell certain tolkien fans that <laughs> Shh, i'll never tell <laughs> Well, um, the, and also, I think we can we can forgive Tolkien for that because you know he didn't know he was creating an entire genre, basically, or yeah. like revamping an entire genre when he was writing this. And yeah, just doing the best with what he had. And he definitely didn't know like the the course that like modern media consumption would take. No. He didn't know how much you needed to like hook your reader. <laughs> oh God, can you imagine what he would say about TikTok? Oh man, he'd love it. I think. <laughs> You know, like uh, one of those videos where it's the person dancing and pointing to <laughs> to like blocks of text. I can just picture like the elves doing one of those like questions I get about the Undying Lands. <laughs> Dwarf questions I get about our language. Why won't you let anybody else learn your language? <laughs> That's actually um, classist. <laughs> I don't know, man. Um. Well, that's pipeweed, man. Yeah, <laughs> I think we could we could do an episode just about pipeweed and be happy, but we'll, we'll keep we'll keep this train a rolling. Did you write down anything oh, on the, the ordering of the Shire? Shire? No, God, <laughs> I don't think I did. It's just about like local government or something, right? Yeah, <laughs> it is. It's it it walks you through, and like I. This is where Tolkien does lose me. It's like so, ultimately so little of the book takes place in the Shire in the grand scheme of things that it it is merely helpful, helpful for the reader to kind of paint a picture of the society that hobbits are from, mm-hmm. which does, I think, it's it's very pastoral sounding. It's very ordered in so many ways. And I think that juxtaposes nicely with, like, the chaos that these characters are about to encounter. Mm-hmm. But, like, I, I don't need to know which family names control wealth in the Shire. Yeah. Like, although I will say, hey, you know, Peregrine Took, um, hey, th- those Tooks are the real enemy in the Shire. Yeah. Class traitors, man. <laughs> They're taking all the resources. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, was, I think it was interesting to find out that, like... All- all of the main hobbits in the story, except for Sam, are like exceedingly wealthy for the yeah. most part. Yeah, <laughs> I think, you know, I think they maybe should have used some of their privilege and <laughs> given up their spots for some lower income hobbits <laughs> to go on uh, the journey. Um, that that's that's parody. That's a legitimate <laughs> political opinion I have. I'm just making fun of this. Um, the other, the but the one thing that I did find exceptionally funny is that the hobbits like it goes into their police force. Do you remember did, did you write Shyriffs? <laughs> What's she say? 
Sorry, is that what you were gonna say? They're called shyriffs. Shyriffs. I don't like remember it, that. I remember they were called the feather. Sheriff, but the e is an i. <laughs> <laughs> Tolkien, man, come on. I know you wrote a lot, but that's just lazy. <laughs> I was gonna say they they call maybe this is more like you know how like English people will um, refer to the police as like what do they call them like, like bo- bo- bobbies, bobbies or something like that. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, I think the the Hobbit, if they're called Shire Riffs, I think the Hobbit version of a nickname is that they're called the Feathered Caps, and they're like mm-hmm. super informal. Like they're really just to kind of like when something bad happens, you know, like mm-hmm. ideally what emergency response would be. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but we yeah. won't we won't get into um, policing in modern America necessarily. <laughs> I just I did think it was funny. The idea that the hobbits would find, like, because they're not for, like, law and order, it's more about, like, maintaining, like, the society, like, yeah, them seeing them as unnecessary. Yeah, their pins and stuff. Yeah, and, like, wanting that. to defund the feathered calves. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, you gotta um, be careful. Oh, I will say, I think that he probably did call them shyriffs because the word sheriff is, like, derived from the same root as shire um there's a there's a myth out there that uh the word sheriff comes from an arabic word that i think means like overseer like sharif yeah but different it's it i think i'm pretty sure it is actually from a a celtic root which is like in like because you know shire is in english names like worcestershire and stuff like that um so yeah he he probably was doing it right to by his standards to call them shyriffs, yeah, but well. it's just it comes across very funny in, <laughs> uh, through a modern lens. Hey, you learn something new every day, folks. <laughs> I am not going to have any of this trademark linguistic insight. <laughs> um, so if that's what you're coming to the show for, hey, Drew will hook you up. <laughs> he's he's the uh, he's the language plug, as it were. <laughs> I'm more of the uh, I, hey hey. This is a jokes pod. I'm a little bit of a jokester myself. <laughs> Um, I'm, I low-key try to be funny. That's that's what I bring to the table. Keyword, try. <laughs> All right. This might be a really short-lived podcast. Um, um, oh, so section four of the prologue is basically just a, like... So it's titled, Of the Finding of the Ring. And it's basically, a, like, previously on the, the Lord of the Rings yeah. universe. <laughs> Y'all know this one. Y'all... I didn't take a single damn note for this section. Yeah, I didn't either. Because it's just, hey, the Hobbit. Yeah. This this old wizard dude and a bunch of dwarves get Bilbo to come along as a burglar with them. Yeah. And so I will say, um, full disclosure, I have read significantly more of The Hobbit than I have The Lord of the Rings mm-hmm. books. But I've never finished that book either. I always get to right around the same spot, like when they are encountering... Uh, the elves or they're wandering in the forest right before they encounter the elves. Um, not in Rivendell, but like after when they like meet. Is it Mirkwood the... Forest? Yeah, I think yeah. so. Um, and yeah, I guess, I don't know. I have always lost steam historically. You know, depending on how well this series goes, maybe we'll take a look at it again. Hey. Um, y'all, y'all, uh, write I'd love in the comments. To say that I've finished it. So, you know. Yeah. Like, dro- drop us a five star review and a comment <laughs> if you want us to look at The Hobbit next. Yeah. Cool season. <laughs> um, uh, we w- I we sh- probably should provide some of the information. Oh yeah, yeah. Just for those in case they haven't read The Hobbit or whatever, um, or seen any of the movies. Um, 
But yeah, it's basically, it talks about, uh, so the main character of Lord of the Rings is, or one of the main characters is Bilbo, uh, or is Frodo. In The Hobbit, though, it's Frodo's cousin, Bilbo. Um, and it takes place, like, what is it, 60 about six years, years before. Um, and yeah, so Bilbo one day gets a knock on his door from uh, Gandalf and some dwarves, and they... Um, take them on an adventure uh, to help reclaim their lost kingdom because they need a burglar. Yes. Um, because yeah. their kingdom was, it, or I said it was lost. It wasn't really. It was stolen by the dragon. Are we going to say Smaug or Smog? I'm torn on this. I hate being the asshole that's like, <laughs> mm, it's actually Smaug. <laughs> but I do think Smaug sounds cooler than Smog because yeah. Smog just sounds like, smoke yeah smoke fog <laughs> yeah um yeah that's so fair. i we'll we'll say smaug canonically yeah. on oliphant's motorcycle club it the pr- pronunciation is smaug and hey hey you don't like it go listen to another podcast <laughs> we don't need you go listen to a smog cast yeah um but yeah and so basically like along the way uh bilbo finds um gollum we will have to on a later date discuss if we're gonna call him Gollum or Smeagol, because or S- Smeagol. We should be the wild card that calls him <laughs> based on the accent mark and Smeagol. Could we do a combo of <laughs> Smeagol, Smeagol, and Gollum? Some kind That's of probably mashup. what we'll end up doing, honestly. Cool. Small Smaugol. <laughs> oh God. Oh jeez. Yeah, let's for all these people that are have never encountered this, bro. What if? <laughs> Bro, bro. What if Smaug turned into a golem? Dude. He got the ring. Dude. That would be so epic. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so previously for about like 500 years or so, Gollum had the ring. Um, and that's what extended his life and turned him into from, from straight Smeagol to all Gollum. That's right. Um, but Bilbo won it from him slash kind of... Arguably, may have stole it from him by cheating him, um, but well, we won't get into that right now. We um, we don't take a stance on whether what do I have in my pocket is a riddle or not. <laughs> it's not though, <laughs> <laughs> right? Like I think we should just admit that. Sorry, there was a mosquito hawk that oh. I had to kill. <laughs> yeah, folks, this is a good time to bring up. We are not professional podcasters. There's gonna be <laughs> rustling. There's gonna be. Uh, mosquito, mosquito hot, hawk smacking. <laughs> There's gonna be uh, little kitty cats walking through the frame every once in yeah. a while. We're gonna be too far away from the microphone sometimes. Hey, this is an ambient noise pod. You don't like it? Yeah. You're not even supposed to be paying attention. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. Um, you should exclusively be using this to fall asleep. Yes, please. <laughs> um, so yeah. Um, Bilbo has an encounter with the former river folk. The river folk formerly known as Smeagol. <laughs> <laughs> the Smeagol, formerly a river folk, which is similar to a hobbit. Kind of think somewhere between a person and a hobbit, I would say. <laughs> yeah. Um, with their own culture and language, presumably. Um, who knows? <laughs> who, who's, who finds the ring um, after, or who comes into possession of the ring after killing his brother who found the ring at the bottom 
of the river Anduin um, while fishing. Or and wine. <laughs> or and wine. <laughs> As the hobbits would call yeah. it, maybe. Um, and the the ring that they find, we come to find out, is the one ring, the the most powerful ring like crafted among the like sets for the, the men, dwarves and elves. We'll get into more of like how the the history of the ring is laid out in yeah. the next episode. But the ring this ring is just supremely powerful and it's honestly not that important for the story, to be honest. Yeah, it's kinda like <laughs> probably the weakest. It's, we link. just thought it was neat, you know. <laughs> Love a bit of jewelry lore. Yeah. So I the biggest thing, and this is independent of the story, is that when you put this ring on, it turns you invisible. Um not necessarily to everyone, which will come up late much later on in the story. But Bilbo was able to use it to turn invisible enough to get away from Gollum and back yes. on track for the Hobbit. But the other aspect of this ring, again, that we'll get into, but specifically when it comes to Smeagol, now Gollum, is that this thing corrupts you pretty much absolutely. Yeah. Like, it will give you, like, weirdly, artificially long life, like, physically, mm-hmm. but it, like, starts, like, just eating away at you, it kind of sounds like, and yeah. driving you to madness. Yeah. So Smeagol is, like, he is, like, obsessive about the ring he like lives in total darkness because he can scarcely stand the sun yeah it's pretty bad bilbo on the other hand in in the hobbit and in the years afterward he really just gets unnaturally long life yeah he's relatively covetous of it still for sure but like and uh in the later chapters gandalf talks a little bit about like you know but the hobbits have always been relatively unaccounted for um, by a lot of the Western uh, or the Eastern uh, races, like those of Mordor and the elves and whatnot. And so, like, with that in mind, there could be something unique about hobbits that makes it so that they can't uh, or they aren't as quickly um, corrupted by the ring's magic. Yeah. Um, Something and, about those hearts of men, man. They uh, damn. <laughs> <laughs> There's just something about them. <laughs> the, that they see that ring. It's like me with onion rings, you know. <laughs> um, but anyways, that's the real Lord of the Rings, right there, Matthew with a onion ring. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. Um, but Not basically, long, all you <laughs> all you need to take away from the hobbit if you don't have any background knowledge is it's really ultimately the story of how the ring comes to be in the possession of bilbo yeah in the shire right and i think that pretty much takes us up to the start of the story yeah yeah so um any other thoughts i, I had a couple of things that, um that i, I wanted think to touch that's on pretty much it for me so yeah you go ahead you know i just I really like how much detail is in this chapter mm-hmm. at this point in my life. And mm-hmm. we, we mentioned how insufferable it can be to some people. But I really depend on extensive detail of characters mm-hmm. to really have a good... To, to be able to picture them. Because and something we talked about off mic was... Mm-hmm how difficult it is for me in particular to read about these characters without just picturing 
the actors that play them in the movies. Right. Um, so the more information I can get about Hobbit sensibilities and can, can kind of sketch out what it just an average Hobbit does, says, mm-hmm. looks like, it really helps me to understand and like access the more... Um, the the less dialogue driven parts of the story, so that that's yeah. something that again might be a deal breaker for some, but again it's that whole thing that we just went over. It felt like monstrously long when we were little. Yeah, it's it's twenty pages. Yeah, it's it it is really not too bad. Yeah, so don't feel. Hey, we were able to stretch it to an hour, but <laughs> <laughs> don't feel like it's gonna take nearly that long to yeah. get a feel for. Right. Um, and man, can I just say it? Can I just say it? <laughs> I love that. Like the defining characteristic of hobbits is that they they're just blowing smoke rings, man. Yeah, they they're just chewing. Yeah, yeah. They were like talked about. There's one uh one wizard um who probably was Gandalf. I am assuming <laughs> um <laughs> who was able to like rival them in their like it said that that was like their one art form that was like purely a hobbits to to perform you know yeah. and so yeah it's just very interesting like they're not exactly like good time folk but they know how to have a good time <laughs> yeah and yeah i think yeah they're honestly very like rude to each other yeah, all the time yeah they are <laughs> we'll get it we we will see that in full force <laughs> as we start reading the description of chapter 1 yeah um but they they definitely y'all know that kind of person where they're like I would give the shirt off my back for somebody, but then they're just an asshole to everyone. Yeah. Where it's like, I still believe them at some level that they would go the extra mile to help someone, mm-hmm. but they are going to complain the whole damn time when they're doing yeah. it. That yeah. That's Hobbits in a nutshell. Yeah. It's like... Maybe this is just a, like, distinction between, like... Because, you know, I we definitely just think of them as, like, country folk, yeah. you know? And maybe this is a cultural difference between southern or like southeastern american country folk and uh like british country folk in some way you know yeah um and so he he tolkien was almost definitely drawing from the latter um of those two groups for sure um if he wasn't just completely making it up from scratch and i think that's actually a good spot i mean you you already mentioned where we're both living um mm-hmm. different parts of georgia but we are from the south um mm-hmm. I never think of myself as having a th- southern accent, but yeah, we both definitely do. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, you should have. Uh, I started one of our test runs with a "Hey, y'all." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Drew. Drew looked at me shamefully. We we both have like southern imposter syndrome. I think. Yeah. Growing up, I mean, let's just say it like pretty much liberal atheists in the south. Mm-hmm. Sorry if that's divisive, but it's just true. Um, <laughs> And I think we both struggle with, like, to what extent am I allowed to be, like, Southern yeah. in, like, in word and in action? Mm-hmm. Like, cu- like culturally dominant. Like, obviously, the non-problematic parts of, like, Southern culture. Um, but if we ever seem like we're slipping into, like, a twang, I promise we are not trying to put it on. <laughs> We hey, we both just love some country music, man. And we also definitely 
are also thinking about the fact that we just sounded like that. <laughs> yeah. Hey, call it call it what you will. Um, it, it it could just be a neurodivergence, but uh, we are nothing if not self reflecting uh, to a fault. Yeah. Also, but, yeah, you can't make fun of us because we're neuro- neurodivergent and minors. Yes. So. <laughs> <laughs> Parody. <laughs> Drew, you're going to get us on some government watch list. <laughs> if, if for no other reason than that, we're speaking with such foul mouths for minors. <laughs> well, I mean, I think that just about wraps it up. Yeah. That is... We'll probably be more off track in the later episodes. Um, we obviously had a fair amount of business to take care of at the beginning of this one. Yeah. Well, people... Uh, this has been Oliphant's Motorcycle Club. Um, this is where we would normally put all the plugs, but um, we are lazy. <laughs> we are lazy and busy enough that we've not done any of that. So yeah, it'll be in the future episode description. Yeah, probably. it'll it'll exist by the time the episode is out. Yes, so. maybe we'll add a post log to this. Yeah, maybe. who knows? Yeah, if I can get Drew's lazy ass to no. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> all right, folks. Thanks for sticking around. We'll be back next episode with a discussion of chapters one and two of Lord of the Rings, part one, The Fellowship of the Ring. Yeah. We'll see y'all around. Have a good one. Mm